gentlemen. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. It's been a busy week here at the FVR studios. I had no intention of recording a podcast today, but I have some sad news uh, that I really just wanted to pass on and get off my chest. So here's another podcast. I've been dumped by my primary care provider, and it was self-inflicted. I asked questions, and no, it wasn't, where's this relationship going? It was, why? I asked, why? Why are you requiring certain things? I need to understand. I need to explore the, what don't I know? I don't understand something. I need, and you're telling me I need to do it. I need to understand why you're telling me to do those things. So for that, I'm single and ready to mingle. And I'm going to share our email exchange, starting with my inquiry on November 15th. So here's what I wrote directly to my doc. I've been waiting for your office visit mask requirement to become a recommendation for some time now. I canceled my last appointment because I cannot in good conscience continue to go along with something that I do not believe in and that is not based on any scientific evidence. Every month I pay my money to be a patient of an office I will never visit with your current mask requirement. I have gotten to the point where I need to say something. I want to be a patient. I like what you and your team are doing. Although we disagree on the entire COVID response, I appreciated the fact that we could always agree to disagree and that that disagreement would not affect my care. That being said, I will not wear a mask and I will not be a telehealth patient. So you will have to decide my future as your patient. I've included some information on why masks don't work. I hope you will read them and reconsider your policy. Everyone has access to whatever preventative measures they deem effective and there is no need for any mandates. Thank you for your time. My name. And below that, I gave 32 links to various medical journals, videos, articles, newsletters, just stuff that's pointing out the issue with masks. Okay, so it was all nicely lettered. And I will put all of these links in the description so you can see the information that I sent to my doctor. I eagerly awaited her reply, which I received last night. So I read it this morning. So on November 17th, my doctor at 6.36 p.m. wrote the following. Hello, Nick. It is lovely to hear from you. I hope you had a good summer and you were able to spend some quality time with your beautiful girls. Our mask requirement is likely to stay in place for the foreseeable future. I am sad that this is the litmus test for you remaining with us. If you're truly avoiding visits due to our request that one wears a mask, then we are probably not the right place for you. I enjoy our visits and respect your decisions. If you decide to leave the practice, please let us know via email and be certain to include our office manager at the above address. Be well and have a wonderful holiday season. Signed, Dr. Feelgood, we'll call her. Okay, so that was kind of the response I was expecting. I was very, I was still disappointed in it. We'll go into why in a second, but here is my reply to that email, which I sent this morning at 8.35 a.m. after I read her email 
and this is what popped into my head. The fact that we are not having a scientific debate on the subject is more troubling than the requirement, not request, to wear a mask. I haven't been convinced that masks work. Instead of you providing any evidence to the contrary to try to help me understand any of the health benefits to your required policy or refute any of the material I provided, I get the we are not a good fit line. I am trying to learn what I don't know about masks. I'm not trying to be difficult. If there is no medical benefit that you can easily communicate to me, if there is no measurable metric for why this policy is in place, if this requirement is arbitrary, then you are correct. Your practice is not a good fit for me. I would like to leave the practice. And that's the end of it. I felt obligated to share this with you guys today for several reasons. One, I am trying to live my life and be consistent with what I talk to you guys about. I don't want to be hypocritical. It would be hypocritical for me to tell you how masks don't work and then just bend the knee without question when I'm off the microphone so I could visit my own doctor. Right or wrong, I do need to be consistent with what I think, what I know, and how I try to live my life. Second reason for sharing this is, speaking of what I think I know, I, I just cannot believe I didn't get any reasons why the masks are a requirement. I'm, I'm not surprised, but I am shocked when I step back and just think about that for a second. So let me get this straight, doctor. You think this is such a net positive health benefit to require all of your patients, regardless of their age, health conditions, medical history, regardless of all that shit, you think... There's such a net positive health benefit to wear a mask, but you can't tell me why. Furthermore, if you do believe, and this is the other point that just blows that, I'd say hair off my head, but I don't have any. If you do believe that masks work and that I would be putting myself at some sort of medical or physical risk for not wearing one, isn't it your duty as a doctor, like my doctor, that... I've entrusted you with my care to do what's best for me and to try to educate me and provide that, I don't know, dare I say, informed consent or at least some information. Like, what the actual fuck is going on here? I was willing to overlook a lot of warning signs in the beginning. I gave the doctors and the medical professionals the benefit of the doubt because I understood how the system works and there is no benefit professionally for any of them to take a chance, stick their neck out and actually think for themselves. So I, I gave them that mulligan in the beginning. My twice a year physicals would usually last one to one and a half hours each time. We would talk and we would debate COVID. I was that guy. I was the crazy conspiracy theory guy. But to her credit, she always respected my opinion, even if she disagreed with everything I said. And I was always just asking questions. I wanted to see how she answered questions to illustrate what she knew. And all I got back was CDC talking points and in mainstream media talking points. It's all I got back. So I was never able to get any more information on any of the topics that I couldn't get from watching TV. And I'm sorry, that's not how I make decisions. And throughout our talks, I got her to admit she skipped informed consent on the COVID vaccine. She had no trouble saying, yes, I skipped that. And then she did mention that she's always practiced informed consent with all the prior vaccines. 
you know, the childhood schedule and all that jazz. She, she certainly did her job there, but admitted she didn't do the right thing here. And another debate we had was on the spike protein. Again, I was fairly confident I understood how the shot was supposed to work and then what was ended up happening when it didn't work and when people started to get affected by it. I asked her, I said, hey, are you concerned about that spike protein leaving the deltoid muscle where it's supposed to stay and traveling through your body and causing health issues? Because I understand the spike protein to be cytotoxic which means it kills cells. So I don't think it's a great leap to be concerned about something that kills your cells, bouncing through your body and killing cells. And to my amazement, she said the spike protein was supposed to travel through the body. That's how it elicited an immune response. I nearly fell off the fucking table. And this brings me to another reason why I'm sharing this with you. I've said this a bunch, but this is just a great example on why you cannot blindly trust anybody. I mean, in this case, it's medical professionals. You can't trust them to know everything about your care, your individual care, what is best for you. There's no way they can know everything about every new pharmaceutical product that's out there. There's no way they can know about all the new research and information that's emerging on a daily basis. You have to do your own research. And one of my biggest issues with demonizing skepticism in regards to this whole COVID pandemic is the demonization of people who are, quote, doing their own research. Doing your own research used to be called reading. (laughs) And it used to be an accepted way to learn things. And they've made it into a character flaw. That's why I was trying to point out this whole demonization of skepticism. It's so dangerous. You got comedians making fun of people. Right, well, this guy knows more than a doctor. You know what did amaze me during all of this was the amount of shit that doctors got from non-doctors slash complete fucking morons. People who had to go to summer school. According to my internet research, if you take a little bleach, vitamin D, and aspirin. I love Bill Burr's comedy, but like with all celebrities, you need to take his social and political commentary with a grain of salt. He is in Hollywood. There's, a cer- there's certain things you have to do and say to stay there. These people are working at like six months at a clip. They're independent contractors. They're constantly applying for work. They have to toe the line of the left. They're demonizing you for doing your own research. And we're not heckling doctors. We're asking questions. But that's what they do. They take us asking questions. Show me your work. How did you arrive here? I Just please... Please remove some of the uncertainty I have about what you're telling me by showing me your work. Give me some evidence, anything. Let me hear the doctor speak. Say some fucking big words. Show off those initials after your name. But no, you don't even get that. It gets shut down and we're, no, can't ask questions. And suddenly we're the, we're the morons for asking questions. When they started demonizing you in your own research, that's when I knew it was the right thing to do. I've said it before and I'll say it again. No one, repeat the line, no one gives a shit about what's best for you as an individual. Think, just think about that. Everything is a one size fits all. Really? Like, I'm sorry, but I don't think it's that simple. We wouldn't need them if they told you the truth. If the medical world was honest and they just came out and said, hey, listen, this is a complex system. 
I mean, you're going to have to figure out if the available treatments are right for you because this affects people differently based on your age, medical history, health, comorbidities. Did you hear anyone say that? Probably not. And the ones that were saying that got censored right off the bat. Did you hear about the Great Barrington Declaration? At the beginning of this whole thing, three Stanford scientists made the point, wrote this paper, said, hey, it might make more sense to vaccinate and protect the most vulnerable, i.e. the elderly and people with comorbidities. Because when you looked at the data, that's who was dying. Okay, so they were like, huh, it seems to be affecting these two groups of people, elderly and people who are fucking unhealthy. Those people are, are, are having a hard time with that. Everyone else is fine. So why don't we target our approach to the most vulnerable? And the others should develop that herd immunity because they're not at risk. And then boom, this thing goes away. Also, they were like, hey, mass lockdowns are going to create more issues than they're going to prevent. So, okay, scoreboard. Got a couple years of this shit. Who was right? We have the data. I mean, the people calling for targeted approach to help the most vulnerable people while not harming the others who are not at risk. Does that sound like, I don't know, maybe a better approach than this one-size-fits-all experimental therapeutic? Kids six months to 100 years old. Just get it. Fuck you. And we're going to mandate it. Does it work? Yeah, trust us. I mean, this should sound crazier and crazier every day that goes by. Because every day that goes by, more young, healthy people just drop fucking dead. Hmm, don't remember that happening. I don't remember watching a soccer match with the world's fittest fucking people running around just dropping dead. Every day, more and more cancer returns to people who were in remission for years. But boom, all of a sudden it's back. Well, Nick, there are carcinogens in the vaccine. Stop asking questions. Stop being skeptical. Stop trying to figure out what's really going on. If these things are indeed, I don't know, fucking safe. Every day, mothers are losing their unborn kids or newly born children. You get any friends that are nurses in delivery rooms? Why don't you ask them how things are going? Each day, more and more data is released. And it's just shining a light on what a colossal, avoidable tragedy this was. So as I confirmed my wish to leave my doctor's office... I just got their last newsletter. Like, it was, it's almost like the gods are like, hey, Nick, why don't you just round out this podcast you're about to write with this fucking newsletter? And I've been reading their newsletters, and I've seen them change. It went from go, go, go on the vaccine to all of a sudden a little VAERS information was slid in there about adverse events. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I talked to her. That was my first conversation with her was like, are you concerned about the adverse events? It seems like this is harming a lot of people. And she pretended like she didn't even know about it. And I'm not saying she put it in there because of what I said. I'm just saying as more of this stuff is coming to light and people are starting to talk about it and the censorship is starting to ease up on people being able to talk about it, everyone's realizing like, wow, a lot of people got fucked up. So that was curious. And I'm reading through today's newsletter and it's like, hey, uh, you know, November's uh, lung cancer month. You know, it says, if you don't meet these screening requirements, you may still benefit from a discussion about lung cancer risks, especially if you inhale potential carcinogens in your workplace or at home. By some measures, lung cancer incidents have been increasing among women, even as breast cancer incidents have fallen. And it is interesting to note that non-smokers have been diagnosed with lung cancer too. 
A recent article notes that while incidence of lung cancer has increased, so has survival among patients with lung cancer. What was that first sentence? Incidence of lung cancer has increased? That's weird. Do you think more people are smoking now than then? Why are cancers increasing? And why are they sliding it into a fucking newsletter? I don't know. I just don't be skeptical. And then right at the bottom, it says, we're happy to discuss this further with you. So, so, so please speak up if you have any questions. But, but don't demand an answer to those questions because they're just going to say we're not a good fit for you, which is awesome. And then there's the get your flu shot, flu shot timing now, exclamation point. Please make getting your flu shot a priority if you have not to be sure you are covered for the holidays and beyond. All vaccines are quadrivalent this year. So that means there's four strains of the likely virus that you're going to put in your body among all the other ingredients that don't take my word for it. Go on the CDC website and look at the ingredients on the flu shot. You might not want to put that shit in your body. In addition to the four fucking viruses that may, that may be around. And if you're over 65, like I said before, get that high dose form. And this was the other thing that stood out to me. We have been recommending separating the flu shot from the COVID bivalent or bivalent, bivalent, whatever. We have been recommending separating the flu shot from the COVID bivalent vaccine to simplify side effect evaluation, if any. But it is safe and effective to get them both together. It's that it's more convenient. So again, when I read something like that, I don't end that fucking paragraph thinking, well, it's still safe and effective. They're recommending you do not get them together so you can figure out which one of those ones fucks you up. That's how I read it. To simplify side effect evaluation. Hmm. There's no list of side effects in here. There's no informed consent. There's no, hey, if you get this, here's your, here's your benefits and here's your risks. There's none of that. But there's, the narrative slowly starting to turn here of a, them acknowledging issues. There may even be a slight advantage with respect to immune response of getting more than one vaccine at a time. Little babies get several, exclamation point. Okay, so just because we do this to little kids doesn't mean it's right now. And again, we've covered this in the last, in a previous podcast, the more of this shit you put in your body, the more you are taxing your immune system. If you throw four different flu viruses in addition to the number of fucking toxins that are in these shots, the dog coronaviruses, the fucking aluminum, the mercury, all that shit's going into your body. What's your body going to do? It's going to fucking freak the fuck out. Your immune system's going to be like, holy shit, we got to create an immune response for that. We got to create an immune response for that. We got to create an immune response for that. You wonder why everyone's fucking sick all the fucking time? I don't know. Nick, don't ask questions. Take your skepticism and shove it up your ass. <sighs> I'm not bitter. <clears throat> I got dumped. I'm a man. I can take it. It's probably the best thing for both of us. My only goal for my email was to try to get them to think about why are you requiring something if you don't even have a reason why. <sighs> okay. It's Friday. We'll end with our call to action. It's simple. Ask questions. Demand answers. Demand evidence. You know, we can't just sit back and no longer just take the words of so-called experts. And if they just tell you that you're not a good fit in response to the questions that they claim they are eager to answer, you need to run. Don't walk. Run to the nearest exit. And don't give them another dollar of your hard-earned money. Yeah.